electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber, live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Futures do indicate a near 2% drop at the open as global markets watch China's Evergrande debt payment deadline, a Fed meeting this week, got the fiscal cliff drama in D.C. The 10-year yield uh, below 132 in Europe is having its worst day of the year. Our roadmap begins with contagion fears, spooking stocks. Wall Street poised to open sharply lower as that September slide intensifies. And one reason, of course, is China's Evergrande. Those shares are also plunging again. It's a Chinese property giant and its debts, well, they top $300 billion and it does risk defaulting on a payment deadline this week. And Pfizer says its COVID vaccine is safe and generates robust immune response in kids ages 5 to 11. Jim, we'll start off, um, even though we're uh, keeping it creative on the seating arrangements today, with this <laughs> sell-off, which you have been uh, uh, eyeing for several weeks now. Yeah, look, I, I was saying that the sell-off's going to begin last week. It's going to continue for a couple of weeks. And that I was kind of using a Tolstoy analysis, which is that all bull markets are happy, but each bear market is unhappy in its own way. I mean, this one, we suddenly decided that this project, this problem, this $300 billion debt is, is an issue. It has been an issue for months, but we always felt that the PRC, the government, would bail them out. And, David, what this seems to be, is a recognition that when the, the nation's richest man, which is the person who owned Evergrande, is, under, is in trouble, we no longer expect the Chinese communist government to bail them out. Yeah, I mean, it's part of what has been happening there in, in, in the last, I don't know what you call it, six months to a year, over a year uh, now, yes, actually. Yes, that's why it's a slow motion train wreck, but um, it's been going. It's- because it's not as though we haven't talked about an overheated property market in China for many right. years. And I mean, there have been so many times that we have perhaps set up this is this default or the could be the key one or this could really undermine the entire financial system. I mean, I'm not it's not hyperbole. You've heard that many times for right. years. And of course, it doesn't happen. The Chinese figure out a way they somehow the banks continue on. Uh, and those who saw, uh, saw financial Armageddon have been wrong. And but here we are again with an enormous property company that has enormous amounts of debts that basically is trying to actually make good on debts by giving people and or vendors, uh, what is it, empty apartments that aren't even finished. Yeah, you're I mean, allowed to get kind of where they are parking now. spots. You know, Carl, one thing I want to point out is we sit here and we talk about how the United States is not allowed into China. We're not allowed to make loans in China. We're not allowed to be part of China. Oh, but when China goes bad, suddenly we're involved with China? I am sorry. I want to, I want, look, we know we have to deal with three or four days of people who don't know what they're talking about coming on and talking about contagion. All I can tell you is we wish we had contagion. We're not allowed in. Our banks are the safest banks in the world because we have just been told by China forever, good luck, you're not coming in. So I can sit here and watch all our banks go down, Carl. But you know what? 
I am going to say this is the silver lining, the playbook silver lining, although the Eagles look terrible, uh, of, of what I regard as being it's the other side of, hey, you're not allowed in. They need us so badly, but we're not going to play because there's no reason to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hear you talking about uh, the relative uh, safety of, of U.S. versus China, Jim. But how do you fold in the Evergrande concerns with general stagflationary concerns, what this does to the Fed meeting this week? Uh, obviously, the dance that we're witnessing between Manchin and the White House and the House. Look, all of that is negative, but so is the debt ceiling. I mean, we actually have when you have people like Janet Yellen saying this could be catastrophic, you start thinking about the S&P. Uh, being downgraded. That caused a 19% sell-off uh, 10 years ago. Um, I look at this moment as being uh, faux perilous. I say faux because everything could be contained by, by oh, David's going to hate this, responsible politicians. Mm. If you think that they're responsible politicians, and we don't necessarily need a, a multi-trillion dollar bill to hire people since we can't find anybody to work anyway, then you know what? We have to suffer through this period, David, where we can't get anybody to work, Hopefully that they don't create even more jobs that we can't find anybody work. And then we deal with it. I but know. we well, have to go through it first. Jim, it feels like we've had more uh, more showdowns over the debt limit than even worries about the property market in China. 80 in the last uh, couple decades. Uh, it, it's, you know, but at the same time, if it actually were not to happen, it would be, do you not believe, a significant moment that would potentially be a very bad one for the financial market? Yes, and that could cause, that could cause a bottom. I, I, look, I hate to say what could cause a bottom. But since I've been negative for so long, I'm not looking for a rally. I'm staying negative. And then we'll see. There'll be cues. I mean, Carl, look, we come in this morning and suddenly this thing that has been this looming crisis all over the globe, with the exception of the United States, because we're much more hostage to whether the Fed's going to raise rates. And suddenly people are like frantically discovering, what is what is this Evergrande? What do they do? Oh, they own 1.5 million apartments. Oh, the apartments are empty. They've asked the they've asked the employees to pay. I mean, this thing's been going on forever, but it hasn't been part of our lexicon because we're so busy talking about how the Chinese are, are saying to us, stay out of our markets. So, uh, look, I think that this isn't as negative as the idea of the debt ceiling. Uh, once again, Senator Manchin this weekend, but now some other moderates are saying, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have a big infrastructure. And that's causing some of our infrastructure stocks to trade down. But, look, the, the narrative is negative. Maybe we have to be saved by earnings. But this is a moment, a 20-day period that started last Wednesday, that is historically the worst period for 20 years. So we should not suddenly wake up and say, you know what? It is time to buy AMC Entertainment. <laughs> right? Right. It's That's not. what you want. You want how many? That much debt? They've got a, a kind lot. of a they got Evergrande like debt. Well, they got a lot of debt. Yeah. They have a lot of debt. Yeah, they have a lot of debt. But the movie slate. Yeah, movie slate. And the, the, the people who are involved. Now, Carl, this is going to be an interesting moment because we've got these people who are, um, they call themselves apes. And, and where is uh, Jane Goodall? Was that what we need or we need? It's Jane Goodall's great lady. Where, yes, where, where's yes. Jane Goodall? Is she going to bail out these people? Uh, Carl, is this her moment? <laughs> I don't know what Jane thinks of silverbacks. I, I know she's done gorillas, Jim, but we'll obviously uh, pay attention to, as you said, earnings, which, by the way, the calendar this week, we'll get Adobe and FDX and General Mills and Nike and Costco. Uh, but it'll, we'll have to see how that competes with the other narratives that are uh, sort of getting in the way. Uh, we're going to talk about the Pfizer news after the break, Jim, but um, that is one bit of good news that would allow you to look forward, uh, say, a month or two if there's the possibility that you have millions of 
kids getting young kids getting vaccinated by Halloween? Oh, I think totally. Uh, that is a great point. Uh, by the way, there was a really odd vote on Friday. Initially, Pfizer wanted uh, everybody to get the vaccine and presented no data. But then suddenly they presented some data uh, for people who are older than, uh, you know, in the 60s, and it went fine. But in the end, let's say we get vaccinated, all right? Let's say our, we're now like the 40th most vaccinated in the world. That's kind of negative. Yes. But let, let's say we get vaccinated, David. Then what happens is we start having more people come to the workforce. We do. Well, also, though, five to 11 year olds being able to get vaccinated. One of the key reasons many people, I think, cite for not going to the office is not concerned for their own health, but for their children, if they right. do have. Them. Uh, and so a lot of employers who are somewhat frustrated by the inability to get their workforce back and have pushed back these return dates now to what is January. A lot of at least the concern they've here heard as well. I'm not real worried, but. But, but I'm worried about my kids. By the way, we should point out, guys, we're, we're, this has nothing to do with our seating arrangement today. It has nothing to do nothing with virus protocol at all. It's are are just you a, certain? Yes. We have a lighting <laughs> issue on our main set. How many, so, uh, just how many, anybody, it, how many vaccinations do you have? Seven. I've had seven. seven. Okay, yes. that's fine then. I feel much, much more confident. Yep. Carl, there's a, 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 there's a Chinese uh, auto company that I thought was a very big company. They produced 25,000 cars. They're going to be producing 23. Why? because of COVID and because of chip shortages. Now, these are the things, maybe we can kind of knock out COVID, but the chip shortage thing, it is still with us. And we can't seem to get these chips, Carl, that are what we call full feature, which is the ones that are 2 to $3 uh, going. But you know what? All these things that I'm talking about, shouldn't they mean that General Mills, which has already said good things, that that does well? There was an upgrade today about Colgate. I'm starting to think that yeah. what happens is like by day four, people are going to be looking at it and say, you know what? what? Maybe we take maybe we buy some Pfizer here. That is not today. It's not today, but it's coming. That's interesting. Uh, by the way, the trial, uh, about twenty three hundred kids ages five to eleven. They a safe and robust response. Pfizer said they're going to submit for an EUA as soon as possible, according to our Meg Terrell. Here's what board member Scott Gottlieb said on Squawk earlier this morning. Pfizer could be in a position to file very quickly. Um, the data came a little earlier than some were expecting. And cons depending on how long the FDA takes to review the application, whether it's a four-week review or a six-week review, you could have a, a vaccine available to children as early as probably by the end of October. Perhaps it slips a little bit into November. Hmm. Uh, it's two doses of the same vaccine, but a smaller dose, three weeks apart, Jim. They did add that they did see fewer side effects than, for example, teens have gotten uh, in their vaccine, sore arms, that kind of thing. Well, look, I think this is one of the things where we get very excited about it. Uh, people in the Northeast, I think, will go for it. And then, David, people in the South, I mean, remember, we have a sizable, also Midwest, sizable people who just don't think that this works. Well, they've got a million reasons not to give it to their kids. I mean, can we accept the fact that we now have a situation in this country? Dr. Topol talked to me about it on Mad Money, where it's basically half the country thinks this thing's dumb work. It's not half. It's not half. Well, the, what are the numbers? Of, well, the numbers would indicate 25 percent. OK, but that, how many we got a lot of people in the country? Oh, that's on, oh, that's an enormous and amount it, of people. Then you take the people who have shot it's one. 80 million people. Yeah. And we don't know if they're going to get shot two. Right. And I just say that. The, what's holding us back are people who, for religious reasons, I really don't know what the religious reason is, but that's not in the Old or New Testament. It's a little study on that. But more importantly, David, yep. there are people who think that this is a Democrat right. vaccine. Right. Not well, a Republican vaccine. 
we, Democrat vaccine. We have talked a, a great deal about vaccine resistance, and it will continue, and it's unclear exactly how much pro- progress you're going to be able to make with the children of people who don't want to get vaccinated. Right. All well, the the, yeah, I don't want it, but my kids, fine with my kids. This weekend about something you've been talking about, people who are happy to take the, uh, the Regeneron drug. Oh, you mean once you're deathly yes, sick? Yes. Yeah, that's not, working well. Not, uh, well, earlier, but not actually get vaccinated. Still, Jim, if, if this can get done, it will it will potentially help at least uh, deal with the back to work situation, which, yes. again, where I, I do hear and I'm sure you do from a lot of frustrated employers who had anticipated bringing their workforces back in full at least three days a week, let's call it by the middle of next month. And now have pushed those openings back to January, even though many of those same employees, by the way, are fully engaging in life otherwise, which raises the question as to exactly how many people well, want to come back to the right. office. Well, it is very hard. I mean, you know, Carl, it, uh, this is a very, very rich person problem. But if you go out to dinner, Carl, you just have to presume that there's going to be one one server handling 20 tables, one bartender, because those people, they cannot find people to work there. Uh, uh, Labor is a problem, although I got to say, guys, uh, Broadway this weekend, packed house uh, at, say, American Utopia, where I was, uh, Vax required, everyone masked up. But uh, it does appear, I mean, anecdotally, like you're finding venues who handle large numbers of people discovering ways to do this kind of thing safely, David. And to your point about work, maybe there are lessons to learn there. Yeah. I mean, I think there are a number of employers who who would prefer just kept the the mid-October date from what I hear. And some have in terms of an expectation, Carl, that people come back. And I mention that because, of course, that does create a lot more economic activity as well, or at least some more, right. certainly for your, for your central business districts around the country and the small businesses that rely on them. Uh, but you're right. Uh, you know, people are going about their business. And, 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 Jim, people who are unvaccinated are as well. And right. well, unfortunately, I, I, we still have, what, 2,000 people a day dying in the country. I was with 70,000 people yesterday yeah. at the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I had a mask initially. I felt pressure not to wear one because nobody else had one. Right. Now, are we going to see an outbreak, not unlike what we saw in 1918 with World War I bonds, where Philadelphia had the worst, most egregious? I don't know. I mean, there was a time when outdoor you felt very safe, but Delta is so contagious, as right. you know, that, that it's not quite the same as it was early on in the onset of, of the virus in terms of its uh, ability right. to be transmitted even outdoors. But I used to say, Carl, what does this have to do with the price earnings multiple in Bristol Myers? When you're next to somebody for a long time, right. by the way. You're not getting it walking by somebody on the street. We know that. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm next to someone without a mask, right. um, but it's outside, so suddenly I feel okay. I don't know. I mean, Carl, the one thing I would point out is that you want to look at tech. I am not hearing people saying you've got to sell Microsoft, which has the best balance sheet maybe in the world, because of, because of Evergrande. Right. But there'll be people on air who will say this is the beginning of the big rollover. I come back the other way and say this is the end of the big rollover Mm -hmm. because the People's Republic of China, if they wanted to bail this thing out after a lot of pain, they will. I mean, they have no desire to have a recession in China. About a quarter basis point back up in rates for high yield, guys. That's that's all I'm hearing this morning. And it's the best year ever. Yeah. So that's what the impact has been so far. I like you kind of further away from me. You do? Yeah. 
Because I was next to 70,000 people very close. I feel much safer now. You do? Oh, really? Yeah. Next to me? I should be the one who's concerned. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know those people at 70,000 as well as I know you. I mean, he may be up to his fifth shot by now. Who knows, Carl? Every week he keeps growing. <laughs> I feel better about that. Uh, guys, we will continue this uh, conversation. We'll I'll take stock of uh, Evergrande. We'll check in with Eunice Yoon in Beijing. Uh, take a look at the markets. Bitcoin, Ether down 10%. Oil down for a second day. Yields are down for the first time in four. And Squawk in the Streets back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Global markets continue to monitor the developing situation at China's Evergrande. Eunice Yoon is live in Beijing. Hi, Eunice. Hey, Carl. Well, we're going to find out very soon uh, whether or not China's second largest property developer will be able to avoid default. The company this week faces two key tests. It has to make interest rate payments with Chinese bank loans and then later in the week on bonds. Uh, the company has already signaled that it's been uh, working very hard to try to raise uh, money but has been struggling to do so. And the big question is whether or not the government is going to step in. Uh, so far, the signaling, um, including through the state media, has been that the government doesn't believe that Evergrande is too big to fail. It has been wanting to discourage this type of excessive uh, lending, um, especially in the private sector. Uh, the company itself is a really representative of a certain type of company in China, a highly leveraged, uh, one that's uh, traditional, been able to uh, get access to credit and then expand into a lot of different areas. Uh, the fear, though, of course, is that this could lead to a wave of defaults within the property sector. Uh, there are several other companies like this. Uh, the hope is that the central bank, at least, would come in, um, potentially injecting liquidity into the market to avoid any type of credit freeze. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, people are still concerned about what potentially could happen with the financial sector. There are some estimates that have now come out. Uh, Capital Economics says that uh, that a hit wouldn't necessarily be bad, but it could um, it would have an impact, but it wouldn't it would be manageable. They estimate that the cost to major commercial banks would be one percent of their tier one capital. So again, uh, not particularly destructive, though uh, definitely having an impact. Uh, in terms of the priority, uh, most people here 
um, think that Beijing's priority is not going to be the banks, but actually would be more to make sure that uh, small-time investors would be made whole, that uh, homeowners are also going to uh, uh, made, be made whole as well. So that's, that's the thinking behind um, what people here believe uh, Beijing um, is going to, uh, how Beijing is going to move next. Carl? Eunice, thank you. Eunice Yoon in Beijing, obviously a uh, rapidly evolving situation as we get closer to those debt payment deadlines during the week, Jim. There's, there's the bank and the financial uh, aspect. There's also the labor aspect. They hire Evergrande. Uh, almost 4 million workers every year to develop various projects and have 200,000 employees of their own. Well, as usual, Eunice is spot on. Uh, those people, the Chinese government doesn't want to hurt. They do want to hurt the rich people as part of common prosperity. Uh, do we really need the people at the top who are reckless? No. Can they restructure the debt so that those people, the workers, are not hurt? Yes. David, we're going to have a series of, of bears that are going to be put on air. Yes. All over the place. Yes. They've been dead wrong for a long time. Yes. They will be wrong again. But they're right for 72 hours. They are. And listen, there is some uh, those who are short certain names in the Chinese market are going to be benefiting. Yes. Maybe a little early to cover. I've talked to a couple of them, but they will probably fairly soon. But your point is the one I made as well, which is we've been hearing about concerns about an overlevered financial sector. I'm sorry, overlevered real estate sector right. in particular in China for more than a decade. Doesn't mean it hasn't been true, but it has not yet at least come to the fore as a huge underlying problem for the financial system in the country. It's a controlled economy. It's a command economy, Carl. If they want someone to lose money, they'll do it. If they want 4 million people to not lose money, they'll do it. We keep making it sound like it's the United States. There's like Nancy Pelosi going at it with Manchin. It ain't like that. It's a communist country. Let's own that and stop fretting and put the bears on, let them come on for four days, let them have a good time, and then let them hibernate. Jim, we'll get more from you in a second as we get your mad dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. We'll watch the futures. Uh, by the way, FT just now uh, with a story crossing that the White House will relax travel restrictions for vaccinated passengers from the EU and UK beginning in November. We're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Global markets watching China's Evergrande, obviously seasonality, technicals, uh, fears about stagflation. We got futures week off the session lows. We are coming off uh, two losing weeks for the S&P, the first time since May, and Europe is on pace for their worst day of 2021. The opening bell is a few moments away. All right, let's squeeze in a mad dash as we get ready for the opening bell. To remind everybody, by the way, our seating arrangement today with Carl uh, not with us uh, is because of a lighting issue on our main set. I just haven't looked good. Computers run everything. And when the oh, computers go bad, I thought it was no, maybe it's the chip made shortage. Maybe look better. Maybe it's the chip the shortage. The mask, ring of fire. Is that you, what it? You always look great. Oh, thank All right. you. Okay, Starbucks well, is what you want to talk, talk about. about. Yeah, tell me. Hey, David, last week, unbeknownst to most people, Yum China put out this terrible number. And a lot of this is because, yeah, there's COVID in China. 
Today, we start hearing that Starbucks China comps could be down as much as 20%. Stiefel says it could be like Yum China. So this one, which has had such a run, is going to be under a lot of pressure. That said, here's another one. If the Chinese could get, I mean, Dr. Topol, again, I happen to be one of my authorities on Dr. Gottlieb. Sure. The Chinese vaccine, David, is kind of like our flu vaccine. It's like, eh, you want to take it? So China does not have COVID under control. They don't have their balance sheet under control, and they don't have COVID under control. We don't have the debt ceiling under control, and we don't have COVID under control. So we got two stooges <laughs> propping up each other. <laughs> Meantime, Italy, you can't get in. I mean, what the heck? We'll let what the heck them. happened here? But I don't Star- know. Starbucks could be under pressure. It, well, also, as you say, it, it, China is an important component of its of right. its of its revenues. Now, are there any concerns from the Chinese economy overall from Evergrande from you, or not really? In that somehow it will, uh, you know, impact consumer spending. When the Chinese government's happy enough to say that we have common prosperity, they will then help the people. But we have to just understand she has an agenda. And his agenda is to make it so the rich, it's Robin Hood. Don't buy Robin Hood off this. That's more of a kind of a, you know, an analogy. All right, I hear that opening bell, even though I don't see it, Carl, so I'll send it over to you. (laughs) There is the opening bell on the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, it's Urban Air Mobility Company, Archer Aviation, celebrating a listing via SPAC. At the NASDAQ, Fulton Financial, a financial services holding company. As uh, breath is rolling in, obviously, heavily negative, Jim. I guess we've we've been watching for fades intraday uh, for the past couple of weeks. What would it say if we got a bounce? Well, I'd say you sell the bounce. Uh, Right now, I have to tell you... And, David, maybe you can address this. What we need on a day like today is a real good flying car SPAC. And we've got it. It used to be ACIC. Now I think it's ARCH. Archer, of course. Uh, we Archer. talked a lot about this one. This was Molus. They were uh, in, involved as the sponsor there. They renegotiated the price lower. But, yeah, flying cars or otherwise really mobile taxis, mobile flying taxis. That's what they prefer. I like to call them flying yeah. cars. Yeah. The Jetsons. Yeah. Now, can we be serious for a second, David? Sure. The SPAC world is in a level of turmoil that we are acting as if, oh, well, it's not, oh, well. No, it's not. Uh, and I'm going to talk about it, actually, in a bit, guys. No, that, uh, was, a, that was a segue. To I know, but we can't do a favor Is that because of lighting? You can't do it now. See this right here? First, got to go through a bunch of the stocks. Uh, have you ever done the show before? We go through a lot of stocks that are moving. We talk well, about Well, I haven't them. talked about Tether yet we, and yeah. whether they own commercial paper from China. Okay. But let's go ahead and do what you have to do. Well, I'm looking at your list because you have lots of them. Yeah. We talked about Adobe a bit earlier because, yeah. of course, we are going to be hearing uh, from that right. company in terms of earnings. You did right. Starbucks. Yes. But we've got a lot of others. How about Nike? Any concerns there for Nike? Nike is a problem there. It's Vietnam and COVID. I mean, Carl, we keep thinking that we are that we have it under control. Malaysia, another country really important for full featured uh, semiconductors. Carl, not under control. Vietnam, not under control. Port of Los Angeles, not under control. There are a lot of non-under-control situations that we have to get under control before we can get a bottom, which is why I say don't bite here. There's a chance we can – it's all it is is going to be an opportunity to sell again, Carl. That's how I feel. Uh, we are not seeing, obviously, very many names in the green, Jim, but of the few that are, uh, they include the airlines – if this FT story is right, and we're going to get an announcement today of travel restrictions loosening uh, between the EU, U.S., and U.K., that's a big victory for London, particularly. Yeah, it is. I mean, one of the things that we have to follow is, is that American tourists, if you want safety, you go to Europe. 
because you need a green pass to go anywhere. Don't go if you don't have two vaccinations, because all you'll be able to do is stay in your hotel room. David, even those five-star hotels that I know you like to stay, yes. it just, it's just not fun to go there no. and just come back. Uh, I look forward to going to Europe one day. Soon. Yeah. And I'll to get as many vaccinations as they require. Well, they're going to require everything you can throw out. Okay, and I'll do that. And bring a copy of Dr. Gottlieb's book while you're there. I carry that Which, around with me. by the way, me. he happens to be on the board of Pfizer and Illumina. Yes, he is on both those boards, uh, the great Mr. Gottlieb, Dr. Gottlieb. But as we see, of course, Mr. it's a broad base. What'd you do? I don't, I, Strip him? I, I was thinking Mr. <laughs> Gottlieb. I don't know. Uh, the S&P down 1.37%. You know, I do notice, Carl, as well, um, crypto, Bitcoin, certainly not getting much of a bit here, down over 8%, certainly far more than the broader market at this point in terms of the equity market decline, which is closer to one, let's call it 1.5% right now. Uh, yeah, crypto, Ether, uh, all getting hurt this morning. Oh. Jim, you know, we didn't really get uh, Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson, who's been calling for a uh, significant correction, I think, of uh, 5 to 10. This morning says that he thinks a correction of 20 percent plus is increasingly likely. Uh, he divides uh, these paths into two parts. One would be what he calls fire. That's the Fed reacting to an overheating economy. The other he calls ice. That's where you get margin uh, uh, trouble and supply issues and demand pull forward. He thinks the second part's increasingly troublesome. Fire and ice, man. Thunder and lightning. I can hear what Robert you guys. Robert Frost. Good, good, couple of good running backs. Look, I'm not going there. I am very negative. As you know, I've been negative. I've been saying sell, sell, sell. But I am not buying that negativity. Mike should have stuck, I think, with something that is a little more negative, but not that much, because we do have companies that are doing quite well. We do have a bond market that says, David, you can't own bonds. We do have companies with unbelievable balance sheets, and they're going to report. So I am not buying the end of the world scenario. I'm not, David. No, I know you're not. Uh, and to be fair, though, it was at the beginning of this month that you did warn about volatility. Oh, end of the month. Yeah, because yeah. look, when if you have 20 years, 20 years where this is the bad period, what am I going to just wake up and say, you know what? That's not true. This time it's going to be fine. This time it's going to be different. No, no, David. No. <laughs> OK, uh, if you say so. Uh, I believe you. Uh, again, uh, you know, we're down one and a half percent. It's been a while since we've had a at least it feels well, like it's but, been a while since but, we've but, had a decline of that magnitude. And we're going to spend a lot of time on it. And it is connected, as we said, to this giant property company that may very well default in China. But well, yeah, I mean, look, and there's steel. There's two steel plants that are opening. So suddenly everyone decided to sell the steel companies, even though the Chinese aren't dumping here. Carl, I think, you know what I want to watch, Carl? A lot of the new investors, they're in Robin Hood. They're in Coinbase. I think people have to understand, we spoke to Gary Gensler last week. He talked about one of the biggest problems is the $60 billion black hole stable coin, okay, that is Tether, where they haven't told us what they really own. My belief is that they own a lot of Chinese paper. And if you own Chinese paper, Carl, and you suffer from redemptions and the Chinese are redeeming, then you have to watch crypto as being the weakest. And then crypto then spills over to all the happy talk people who came in and said, you know what? Crypto is the safest thing. It's blue chip. It's J&J. It's not, Carl. That's what I want to watch. And I'm urging some of the younger people who are in these things, 
Why don't you sit back and just say, you know what, I made a lot of money and I'm going to wait. Do you think there's any chance that the young people will do that? Uh, I can't speak for them, Jim, but I hear exactly what you're saying. Uh, and uh, you do have uh, Bitcoin below 44K uh, for the first time, I think, in uh, at least a couple of months. So we need Novogratz, right? We get Novogratz on after we get uh, <laughs> what we have to have. Who do we have to have, David? We have to have, uh, uh, we have, to have Kikinos. We have to have Chainos on. You have to have uh, Kyle Bass, goes, yes. and then once, uh, chi- then once uh, Bitcoin falls enough, we get Novogratz. Can I just say the central okay. casting kind of booking is wrong? Oh, all right. But then we could bring on Larry Fink and Ray Dalio to tell us everything. Larry, Larry, no. no. Larry Fink did not have a big position in, in Evergrande. No, of course and not. Ray, of course no, well, no, Ray Dalio said whatever he said last week. asset manager, right. I'm not quite sure what he said last I week. think Larry Fink is worth talking to. He's a lever, level-headed guy. Let's get him on. Well, no, you have to book him. Oh, you do? You can't just, like, you can't say, just say, you can't come on. Shout, try to find him at lunch I'm in never Central actually, Park West. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know him. He's a nice <laughs> guy, man. Is he? You ever read his letters? No. Yes, I have read his letters. Very thoughtful. never really had a relationship with him. You never did? No. I went to lunch with him, Carl. I had sardines at lunch. I went into toxic shock. My blood pressure was 50 over 80. I spent a night in the hospital. It was completely unrelated to him, but I thought it was worth bringing up. Okay. That's that's a great texture, uh, Jim. Thank you. Uh, you know, on, on a less dramatic tape, we might mention Apple uh, and uh, Katie Huberty's call about what we now know. Uh, she's calling uh, the iPhone 13 off to a promising start. Yes. Um, uh, the Pro and the Pro Max lead times, second strongest in at least five years as of the first pre-order date. But some people are saying that Qualcomm might be laying off their issues at Qualcomm. All I can tell you is that the, this, there's never been, David, you know these companies, the competition among among ATT, yeah. Verizon, and T-Mobile to give you a phone is much more important than whether you went to the to the Apple store. You know, David, that it's all about the phone companies. It is about the subsidies that they'll provide right. in terms of at least letting you trade in an existing iPhone for a new one, perhaps a 13 at a at a very substantial discount to its list price. I'm getting one. Are you? Yeah, my uh, and you're right. Dying. Uh, and the listen, I, you know, now you have a very decide, a very spe- specific opinion about AT and T, and I would not say that it's a particularly positive one, unless things have changed in the last ten seconds. No, um, not really. But they are going to once they complete, of course, the spinoff of of Warner to right. Discovery. They are conceivably now going to be fighting a one-front war. That is sort of the way that it's been put to me, as opposed to a two-front war. Spending enormously for your direct-to-consumer and spending enormously there and having to spend for the wireless wars where you have two well-funded, not one, two well-funded competitors who are coming after you. So the idea is that AT&T is going to be able to be more aggressive now. In Germany, in going to be able to enable them to do that. When, when Lenin... Decided yeah. to cause peace with the Germans yes. in World War One. Yes. They said we're going to fight a war, a one front war. How'd that work? ATT going to twenty five. Okay, I think it's clear then that he still has uh, a relatively negative opinion on that name. But Carl. there's green, David. Look at all that green. There is some green. Carl, Actually, there's green. Verizon is up. Uh, t- tends to be well, a safe haven. Bonds. Yeah, tends to be a safe haven, uh, given its yield. Look, um, it's not going to be straight down. That's the problem. Carl, we can't get a whoosh unless it's just straight. You know, the late Mark Haynes just talked about the whoosh. We have to go straight down. We have to have 10 to 1 negativity. It's got to last for a couple of days. Yep. And only then, Carl, can we say, you know what, it's overdone. But I do think that companies that have a good yield are going to be bought because treasuries are rallying. And therefore, it's hard to find any sort of income. Yep. 
A lot of defensive names in the leader circle. Uh, uh, Costco, we mentioned, we'll, we'll get earnings later on this in the week. week. But some utilities, uh, some staples. You know, it's, it is a busy week, Jim, of... Um, of uh, corporate meetings, uh, sell-side meetings, and Dreamforce, right? You got CRM. Wells today initiates overweight 325. Uh, more left in the growth tank than meets the eye. It's not the old uh, GMORS because it's kind of scattered. Again, COVID-related. Uh, take Binax tests you know, if you're going to be able to go. I'm following the oils, Carl, because the oils have been runaway successes. And finally, they seem to have cooled. But I don't trust the cooling. I think that Chevron, the dividend is safe. Uh, David, can I you just get your attention for a second? Uh, you have my attention, okay. always. When you have a 5% yielder like Chevron, yes. and Mike Worth comes on my show, Mad Money, and says, look, we have all sorts of cash, that's interesting to me. It is. Yes. Uh, yeah, that dividend yield is now over 5.6%. That's very interesting. He's jumped from $3 billion in uh, for energy for energy trans- transformation to 10 billion that's right over jp morgan years. someone said to me isn't that greenwashing i said jp morgan downgraded him because he's doing too much green so what is that greenwash no that's not greenwash that's green green right that's not mr car wash you're a believer in the strategy i am a i am a believer i wouldn't leave chevron if, it, if i tried and <laughs> that was the monkeys right uh but you remember who really wrote it who, who did write that? I think Neil Diamond. Yeah. Did Neil Diamond write yeah. that? Or, yeah. Um, how about XOM, though? That doesn't appeal to you as much. No, because Darren Wood didn't see it coming. And he's got that, that board, David. It looks like, it looks like Greenpeace. It's Greenpeace. <laughs> right. Think of them all out in a boat chasing the, uh, you know, chasing the whaling boats or something. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, Is this a good chance to do SPACs? Yes. Thank Do we have a little graphic we and have, not the Woodstock? This is different graphic. We have a graphic. We won't do my typical intro today because we have to be a little more serious given uh, we have a, a stock market down about 1.2%. Oh, okay. But, Jim, you did mention Archer, of course, uh, which is now a public company right. here trading here at the at the big board, of course, like we what to call flying cars. But, you know, I've been talking, and you know this, I've been talking about um, this new phenomena of very high rates of redemption for many of these facts. Yes. But it's been resulting in something interesting in the market that I think is worth mentioning, and certainly volatility. There's IronNet. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. 90-plus percent, I think it was 93 percent redemption rate. You end up with far fewer shares than had been anticipated. And, of course, you also end up with a lot less cash at the company than had been anticipated originally when they gave you their projections at the time, of course, that they uh, announced their transaction. That's not alone. Off repair, TMC Metals, Effector. We'll take a look at all of them because what has been interesting, Jim, you almost can call it the memification of some of these names. And what I've been hearing is, uh, you know, the Wall Street bets crowd, but also some hedge fund managers as well, are looking at their portfolio of SPACs, many of which they'll say, I'm going to redeem. It's $9.70. It's $9.80. And they get 10. And they'll get 10. Can get you, it's not a great return, but it's a return. You can lever it a bit as well. It's a business. But then they're making choices, Jim, about some they think, you know what, I bet you they're going to get more than a 90% redemption. And so I'm going to hold it. You know why I'm going to hold it? Because I know the float is going to be so tiny. IronNet was a perfect example of that. 1.13 million shares I think they ended up with. That, in fact, there's going to be an ability to potentially send that stock higher. And that's what we've been seeing in a lot of these names. The, the and that story has been reverberating on oh, the so Wall Street words, Bets sh- and the people Reddit. People are shorting them. 
and the shorts well, have to cover. Yes, although no, people originally people were shorting many of these names because obviously you would expect that it wouldn't be a good thing if you're starting life with 90 percent less cash than you'd anticipated when you originally drew up your SPAC. Um, but that is not happening as often because so many people have been hurt as a result of being short the names. What seems to be happening more is a handful of days after close for these very high redemption rate names, you actually are seeing hedge funds and some of the Wall Street bets uh, crowd as well get involved and send them higher, in part because the float is so small, or maybe one of the key reasons being that. Now, none of this is, is that reflective. Not manipulation? Well, Can none we- of it is reflective, Jim, and this has been the case for a long time, of the underlying fundamentals of these companies. Right. And that is not to say that there aren't some SPAC companies that are quite good ones or that don't have potentially very positive prospects. But there's been a complete disconnect in the moves that you're seeing in many of these names with the underlying fundamentals, particularly because these companies find themselves with so much less cash than they originally anticipated, which would seem to augur for the possibility of dilutive equity offerings down the line to fund their businesses. That's all. But I thought it was important to connect everything here in terms of these moves that we've seen up. And then some of and them coming And there are many down. coming, right? I mean, this is not isolated. There's- no. Well, there's a lot of re- you get a very high redemption rates. Wow. Oftentimes. Um, But it's interesting to see, you know, the games, and that's what they are. It's games that are being played uh, in this back market now. Wow. Yeah. That's awful. It goes back, Carl, to a lot of the speculation we've seen in this sector overall. And again, not to say that there aren't plenty of names that are perfectly good, but certainly many that are also just have the trading has nothing to do with the underlying fundamentals of the company. Uh, Guys, all sectors red except for utilities, uh, but closer to a 1% drop now than the 2% we got pre-market. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Yeah, and we uh, the low print was actually at the open, Carl. We're about 250 points uh, off of the loads. Take a look at the sectors. Uh, Global big industrial names, your industrials, materials, uh, were on the weak side. Uh, Energy also on the weak side. China, of course. MCHI is sort of the proxy for China. Uh, more defensive sectors like consumer staples and healthcare generally holding up a, a lot better. The market risks, we've gone over them this morning. You've heard it all throughout the morning. The seasonality entering, as you heard from Jim, a uh, rather weak period for the next couple of weeks. Debt ceiling drama, Delta variant wave, and of course, trying to figure out that Evergrande fallout and to what extent there is actual systemic risk. Uh, remember, a lot of big investors are into investment grade and high yield overseas, high yield debt is a, a big thing for a lot of American investors. So that's why they're concerned about some uh, spread and contagion that's associated with that there. In terms of uh, what's going on, we're off of the lows. If you look at some of the things that are associated uh, with the global markets uh, and the cyclical markets, oil and gas has been weak. Copper miners have been weak. Value has come off of its lows. That's often associated um, with the, the reopening trade. And now we see the Jets, which is the global uh, airline ETF, has now gone positive. That was down quite a bit at the open. So we've already had a turnaround just 15 minutes uh, into the uh, open here. In terms of thematic tech, that's been weak. And that's why there's a sort of general degrossing here. It's about a 2% decline that we've been seeing overall. So uh, you see things like uh, Kathy Wood's ARC funds uh, down about 2%, some of the clean energy funds. Uh, uh, some of the solar stocks, uh, uh, lithium uh, stocks as well, all down 2, 3, or 4%, as you can see here. In terms of where we are, I kept emphasizing this at the end of last week, we've already had a correction in a number of big sectors, global cyclicals like airlines, uh, big material names like DuPont, big global industrials like Caterpillar and FedEx and PBG, also in the material space. They're already more than 20% off of their highs. They hit their highs back in May. This is also true 
of, of a lot of the sectors that were associated with the reopening. Retailers, for example, hit their highs way back in May, and a number of them, like Nordstrom, Gap, Abercrombie, Kohl's, they're already well off uh, of their old highs. So this is part of a rolling correction we've been seeing that's been going on for many months now in certain sectors. The big question, is there serious downside risk to earnings and could they be revised downward? They have been being revised upward for the third and fourth quarter. So far, the evidence, not really there. It's pretty flattish. It's stopped going up. They've stopped raising earnings estimates for the third and fourth quarter. But again, not moving that much. I'll have more to say this in the next few days. This is when you want to watch these revisions at this point. But I don't see any big alarm bells right now. Finally, when you're not sure what to trade on, you know, you trade in technicals. So everybody's watching the 200-day moving average. 41.06 is the 200-day moving average. Uh, that's about 7% below where we are. That's that gray line that you see. The, that purple line is the 50-day moving average. We've already essentially sitting right on that, slightly below it. So that would be, uh, if we hit that 41.06, Carl, that would be about a 10% drop. 7% below where we are now. We're already down about 3% from the old highs. Uh, and there you go. That would be the correction level. So everybody's watching that 200-day moving average, 41. 06 for the technicals. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. Talk to you in a bit about Pisani. As we go to break today, let's take a look at the bond report, see how treasuries are doing. Uh, we mentioned uh, yields down for the first time in four sessions, lower across the board, 10-year, right around 1327. We'll be right back. Dow's down 400, sharpest decline of the month so far, bearing the brunt of it. It's materials, industrials, financials, names like Nucor, Freeport, GM, Cat, taking the brunt of this early sell-off. Airlines doing okay, though. American Airlines up almost 3%, along with some of the drug makers in the green. We're back in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Okay, if you want to see if the market's going to turn, take a look at Upstart, which has got a very positive piece out of Barclays today. This artificial uh, intelligence lending, and it's up 600%. If that one can turn around, then look out. Uh, we might see high multiple tech do well. Just putting it out. That's good. Don't want to be too negative. Oh, that's good. Some things could happen. Jim, tonight, Airbnb? Yes. Special announcement by Brian Chesky. He's got something to talk about. I think it's about a landmark uh, number of people who have used it. And then Clint Carmel, you want a hot stock. Beauty Health. This is a company that is chaired by Brent Saunders, our old friend from Allergan. Uh, beauty's been uh, a topic of discussion the last couple of weeks, whether it's been Amazon or anything else, Jim. We got a lot to, a lot of wood to chop today. We look forward to tonight. Indeed. Fun show. Uh, Thank you. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.